Let's go over to Exodus 15, and uh, we will continue with this uh, looking at the covenant of healing. Exodus chapter 15, and we'll start in verse 26. Uh, some things that we've been uh, looking, going over consistently is those three things that I, I must believe what God said uh, concerning those three areas. Number one, about himself. What did God say about himself? And, uh, you know, this, uh, this is so important because if, if I don't understand what God said about himself, then I have no comprehension of what to expect from him. What did God say? Uh, it uh, it it comes down to uh, you may have interaction with someone and uh, they will say, well, I just feel like so-and-so doesn't want to do this. Well, did they say that? Well, no, they didn't say it. Then you don't know. If you, if you don't know what they said, you don't know what they desire. And so if I don't know what God said about himself, uh, I've often over the years referred back to the law of first mention. It's a foundational law in the uh, law of biblical interpretation, hermeneutics. And it is that the way you see something mentioned the first time in Scripture, it's, it follows that throughout Scripture. That's how it is throughout Scripture. And uh, in the book of Exodus, chapter 32, you don't have to go there, but he said when God was dealing with, with uh, Moses, he describing himself, he said, I'm merciful, I am forgiving, uh, I am compassionate. I mean, that's the first time in the entirety of the Bible you see God describing himself. And he described himself as merciful and compassionate and forgiving. And so over and over again, I have to find out what God said about himself. What did God say about him? What is God's opinion of himself? And so, secondly, then, I must believe what God said about his word. That will be very important today. What did God say about his word? Uh, there are things that God said his word would do. There are things that God said uh, his word would accomplish. There are things that God said his word contains. And I have to be aware of that. What did God say about his word? Uh, you know, I've had people fall into the mistaken concept that just saying, well, the word works is enough. Well, if you don't know anything about the word, you don't know if it works or not. You can just be parroting what somebody else said. And uh, that's, that's, that's so important. Because remember, sickness is not something you can afford to just play around with. I mean, you just can't. I don't care what sickness it is. Uh, you know, something that people call minor. Well, I mean, if you want it gone, you can't afford to just play around with it. And what you will most often find is that when someone succumbs to a what we would call a grave disease, it's because they were not working the principles on what they considered minor things. I have to keep that in my mind. All right, that I have to work the word just as fervently on a head cold 
as I would cancer. I, I can't take it lightly. All right? That, that, that's important because you have to hate every kind of sickness. Every kind. Because all of it brings pain and suffering. And, and that's not the will of God's will is not that anybody have pain and suffering in their life. That's not God's will. And so I got to understand that. Then thirdly, I have to believe what God said about what he would do, about how he would respond. Hallelujah. How did, what did God say he would do? What did God say he would do when I ask him something? Ask and you shall receive. What did God say he would do uh, when I needed answers, right? What did God say he would do? It's not this religious idea of, well, there's three answers. You know, you can pray and there's three answers. Yes, no, and wait. Well, that's garbage. That's not in the Bible. That's absolute religious bunk because he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, the Father would do it. And so, so see, th those, are, those are book closing issues. That closes the book. That settles the issue. He said, if I ask in his name, the Father would do it. Settles the issue. Amen. Uh, so Exodus 15 and uh, verse 26 is where we'll begin. And we've been looking at these verses, but we're going to look at them uh, in a little deeper manner. Uh, Exodus 15, 26, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases or I will allow none of these diseases upon you that I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that heals you. Uh, the Young's literal translation puts it in the present continuous sense when he says, for I, Jehovah, am healing you. So it's present continuous. All right, so right now he is healing me. That's that present continuous tense. Uh, another translation says uh, that he's our physician, that he's our surgeon. And so right now, presently, um, my, my physician is healing me. Hallelujah. Then Exodus 23. See, so that takes us out of that vein of God's going to heal me. Is right now, presently, doing it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because, see... This goes back to what do you believe about what God said about himself? When, when someone says, uh, well, God will, then they have this mindset that, that it's something that he's going to do in the future. It's something that he's going to do at some point down the road. He's doing it right now. All right? That, that's present tense, present continuous. Then in Exodus 23, 25, he says, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness from the midst of you. And there shall nothing cast their young or be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. 
there's a number of translations that say this differently. One says, I will turn infirmity from you. I will turn infirmity from you. So it's coming, but it's going to be turned. Another translation says, I will take all disease from among you. I will take all disease from among you. Hallelujah. Another translation says, and I will keep sickness far from your company. Far from your company. Another one says, I, the Lord, will take away any sickness you may have. Any sickness. So again, this is what God said he would do. That's what God said he would do. All right? So if that's what God said he would do, I have to not only believe that, I have to put that in my mouth, and I have to declare it. All right? Because this is what God said he would do. Hallelujah. But what do you hear people say? Good believers, believers that love the Lord. Well, cold season's coming. Flu season's coming. Now, you know, in our word of faith circles, people, people they'll say, oh, I would never say that, because they think it's negative, not because they believe it. Because they believe it's negative. And we don't want to say anything negative, because, you know, good word of faith people don't say anything negative. But a lot of those good word of faith people that would never say anything negative are sick. They're the most positive sick people you've ever met in your life. They wouldn't say anything negative for any reason. And you shouldn't say anything negative. But remember that the power is not in being positive. The power is in believing what God said. You're positive because you believe what God said. Amen. See, the, 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 it's, it's how you view it. It's, it's like any subject in the Bible. How, how, do you, how do you think about the second coming of Christ? If, if you talk to some people, the second coming of Christ means judgment, wrath, destruction. How do you think about the, the second coming of Christ? All right, if you think about the second coming of Christ as comfort and joy and peace and victory... How do you think about it? If, if, if a person looks at these verses and thinks, well, that would be nice. That would be great. Isn't that wonderful? Look what God's able to do. That person will stay sick. Because he's not saying what he's able to do. He's saying what he's going to do. Nowhere here does it say, and I'm able to take sickness and disease away from you, right? Because it's inferred in the statement. Listen, I will preserve you from every sickness. I'll keep every disease away from you. I'll protect you from those dreadful diseases. What's inferred in all those statements? I'm able, right? So for someone to just say, well, God's able, God's able, well, you're not saying that much. I've, I've got to believe that this is what he's presently doing in me. Oh, hallelujah. Deuteronomy 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. 
And the thing that, that you have to understand is you might be running a fever the whole time you're saying this. Oh, hallelujah. Right? You might have chills all through your body. You might have pain in your body. But he's keeping sickness away from me. Oh, hallelujah. Deuteronomy 7, verse 8. Because the Lord loved you. Mm. See, that's a good place for you to just say out loud, the Lord loves me. Say it one more time. Say, the Lord loves me. Say it one more time. The Lord loves me. Oh, hallelujah. And because he would keep the oath that he swore to your fathers, the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, that keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Verse 12, Wherefore, it shall come to pass if you hearken to these judgments and keep them and do that the Lord and and do them that the Lord shall keep unto you the covenant and the mercy that he sware to your fathers. Notice the covenant and the mercy. Now that's not what I'm teaching on, but we taught a couple weeks ago healing is mercy. And we, and we saw that throughout the Old Testament and into the Gospels. Uh, when the two blind men came to Jesus, they asked for mercy. When the ten lepers cried to him from afar off, they said, have mercy on us. Healing is mercy. And uh, he will love you and bless you and multiply you and bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land and your corn, your wine, your oil, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep, in the land that he swore unto your fathers to give you. And you'll be blessed above all people. There will not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will put or allow none of the evil diseases of Egypt that you know on you, but will allow them on all them that hate you. One translation says the Lord will preserve you from every sickness. So there's not a sickness that's not covered by every. Every sickness. He will preserve me from every sickness. And notice what this is a part of, the covenant that he swore to their fathers. So if, this, and, and, and remember, this is God speaking. And so he says, I will preserve you from every sickness. Another translation says, Jehovah will keep every disease away from you. Another says, you'll be healthy because the Lord will protect you from those dreadful diseases. Another says, the Lord will keep you from having any kind of illness. Glory to God. That's what God said about himself. 
Hallelujah. Now, let's go over to uh, the book of Titus. Chapter 1. Hallelujah. And uh, Paul, in verse 1, it says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and notice the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God who cannot lie. Hallelujah. Now, this is, this is something that uh, we can go over, and we have gone over. This is something that uh, is elementary to believers. If you ask just a nominal believer, uh, they'll say, well, God can't lie. The Bible says God can't lie. Uh, well, is God going to heal you? Well, I don't know. But he said he can't lie. Right? Remember all the verses we just read? I'll turn infirmity from, from you. I am healing you. I'll keep all sickness away from you. God can't lie. Right? So that means right now, presently, he's healing you. That means right now, presently, he's taking disease from you. Right now, presently, he's keeping you well. God is only as powerful as he says he is if he can heal you and keep you healed. If he can't keep you healed, he's not who he said he was. Because the word says over and over again that not only will he deliver you, he will keep you. All right? So Titus 1, 2 says God cannot lie. Uh, Numbers 23, 19. It says God is not a man that he should lie. And remember the context that that's given in. Very often we pull that out of its setting and quote it. Remember the context that that's given in. Balak had hired Balaam to curse the people of God. And he tried. But he ended up blessing them. And Balak took him and said, hey, you need to quit. <laughs> you need to quit talking. Because I hired you to, bless the, to curse these people, and you've blessed them seven times. And then Balak said, well, listen. He said, here's the problem. Balaam said, God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken it and will it not stand fast? In other words, he said, I cannot curse what God has blessed. The curse and the devil cannot make sick what God has made well. doesn't mean that I don't have to stand in faith, but it means that 
I can't be sick if God has made me well. See, that has to be my mindset. In uh, John 17, the book of John 17 and verse 17, a familiar passage of Scripture, but life-changing. He said, Jesus said, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Now, that was the turning point in my life. Because when I found this scripture, I made the decision. It was a decision of quality. And that decision of quality is one, is a decision about which there's no more question and from which there's no return. That, that settles the issue. Your word is truth. And so that covered, that covered the totality for me. So then whatever I find in the Word from this day forward, after discovering the Word's truth. Now again, there are people that will say, well, the Bible's true. As long as it fits within their denominational viewpoint. Right? Do you see this? Well, yeah, the, the, the Bible's true, but, you know, our denomination believes that God might use sickness to teach you a lesson. So, you know, which scripture do we do away with and call not truth because it doesn't fit within those parameters? Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not running anybody's denomination down, but I'm saying the Bible is what you would call a composite whole. It's either all truth or none of it is truth. Right? It's either all truth or it's not truth at all. And so when I make the decision, he said, your word is truth. Closes the book. That settles the issue. Every, every word in the book is true. Hallelujah. That settles every issue. What did God say about himself? That's true. Hallelujah. Now, let's go back to Exodus 15. Because uh, what did God say about his word? Because these, these wonderful promises are preceded by something. Verse 26 of Exodus 15, begin the, the, the first part of that verse. And he said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, I'll put none of these diseases or allow none of them that I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. So notice, if you will diligently hearken, diligently hearken, the word has to have my focus. 
My attention has to be on what the Word said. The promise at the end is wonderful, but it's preceded by focus. I'm the Lord that heals you, but you need to diligently hearken to what I say. That is, you're giving your attention consistently to what the Word says. Now, that again is something that, especially in healing and faith circles, people know that. But I, I've been pastoring enough years that, that I can tell you, I can't tell you the people that I've talked to that, that will tell you, well, yeah, you know, I guess I, just, I guess I just got away from the Word. Well, there's the problem. And so, but notice, so this is a promise I'm the Lord that heals you. You need to diligently hearken. And notice, and give ear to his commandments. So he tells us how to do it, and he tells us what to do. He tells us what we need to be giving our ears to, what he said. Hallelujah. You can't just decide to grab up a scripture when you don't feel good. Oh, what was that scripture about the Lord's my healer? Well, but understand something. <laughs> this, is, this is vital. This is crucial. Because the Bible tells us something. It tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, people quote that, and they know it's in the Word, but then a lot of times that same person will not hear anything on healing, but they know God heals, and they've heard the verses. And so then they don't feel good, and they just want to say, well, now the Lord's my healer. There's no faith in that. It takes time for faith to come by hearing. Faith is not developed in anything overnight. Faith comes the moment you begin to hear the word. Hallelujah. So what, what am I consistently hearing? Because what I'm consistently hearing is what will be consistently evident in my life. If I'm consistently, listen, it's, it's, it's like this. Any area that you want to be successful, there are people that will tell you they want to be a success in life. And they will go to their job and they'll work hard on their job. And they'll work hard and they're good employees and they work hard. But then they go home and they sit down in the recliner and they spend the next four hours flipping through channels, looking at everybody else, enjoying their life. And they'll tell you they want to be a success. But they have no goals, no plans. They give no thought to tomorrow. They go and they work eight hours very hard to make somebody else rich. And they do nothing to provide growth in themselves. Amen. You show me, now I'm using this as an example. You show me a person without goals, and I can guess their bank account within $200.
If you come to me and you say you want to change in your life, and I say, show me your goals. If you don't have any, I can guess how much is in your bank account within a couple hundred bucks. Because a person without goals lives paycheck to paycheck. They live from week to week. A person with goals has something that they're moving into. Somebody that does not consistently hear the word of God and consistently place it in their life, they go from challenge to challenge, they go from emergency to emergency, and they're always, everything's always, always an emergency. Because there's never nothing there to absorb the challenge when it comes. Does that make sense? Right? If, if you build up in the natural what you call, uh, however you want to call it, I call it a responsibility fund, and you have a responsibility fund for the things that will inevitably need to be replaced, washing machine, dryer, refrigerator, things on your car, right? There are people that, that they make no plans. They act like the refrigerator they have is going to last forever, right? What's a refrigerator got to do with healing? Bear with me. And then they go one day, and the refrigerator's not cooling. And immediately, they start calling appliance shops to find who's got the best deal, the cheapest product, because they don't have no money. Right? That same kind of person will wait until they don't feel good or wait until there's a diagnosis and then try to get in the Word and get it to work overnight. All of these great and precious promises are contingent upon me being diligent to put them in my life. Amen. Glory to God. There's a reason that we have secondhand appliance stores because people don't plan. People don't plan. Hallelujah. There's a reason the medical industry in America is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Hallelujah. Because people don't plan. We're going to plan. You're here today planning. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Glory to God. There, there's something about knowing when you go to bed at night that you've planned, you've prepared, you, you've, got, you've, got an emer- you've got a responsibility fund set back. There's something about looking at your child and you know you've got a college fund for them. There's, right? there's, because it just brings a level of security. There's something about going to bed at night knowing that I have filled my heart with the Word of God and I'm prepared for whatever comes my way. And if sickness knocks on the door, the Word that I've been putting in my heart is going to answer the door and God said He would keep it away from me. Isn't that great? But I've got to diligently do that. I've got to diligently Place it within me. Amen. And you talk about it in terms of certainty and not in terms of desire. I am healed. Well, why? Because he said in Exodus 15, 26, I am healing you. Right? 
See, that, 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 that becomes the way that your, your thought processes begin to function. Now, glory to God. Uh, Deuteronomy 7. And again, it, it, what did God say? See, that has to have my focus. You've got to believe what God said about himself. What did God say? Then that has my focus. That must have my focus. Uh, Deuteronomy 7, verse 11. You shall therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments that I command you this day to do them. And it shall come to pass. Now notice. If, it's, it's translated because, but either way, it's a qualifier. If or because. If you hearken or because you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, the Lord will keep the covenant and the mercy that he swear unto your fathers. But, but, but notice where it begins. If you hear and do what the Lord said, this is the result you'll have. So now notice verse 15 is tied to verse 12. If I do what's in verse 12, I receive what's in verse 15. See, that's, there's, a, there's a part that I have in the covenant. My part is faith and obedience. But if I don't know what God said, I have no way of putting faith in it or no way of being obedient to it. Amen. So notice, he said that I needed to Hear them and do them. There's hearing and acting here. Get the word. The Lord said to me one time, you get the word, get it, get the word, keep the word. You've got to get the word and you've got to keep the word. You've got to store up the word. All right, I got to get it. Now, first of all, I've got to get it. So I've got to go find it. And then when I find it, I've got to keep it. See, the word has to have that, uh, that thrilling effect on you. It has to thrill me. Boy, look what I found. Glory to God. Amen. When I first discovered that I had a covenant with God, it thrilled me. I could not wait for my wife to get home from work to tell her what I had found in the Word of God. I have a covenant. We have a covenant with God. There's blood. It was exactly what I said. There's blood between us and God. Thrilled me. Still thrills me to this day. When you see people that can kind of take or leave the Word, they're not thrilled with it, they don't believe it. Just period, end of discussion. 
when, when, when I read the scripture that says, I'll take sickness away from you, glory to God. Amen. But see, I got to find it, and it thrills me. David said that uh, he rejoiced over the word like a man that had found great treasure, great spoil. Amen. Every answer that anybody needs is in the word, but it has to be mined. It has to be drawn out. It has to be found. So he said, you get the word and you keep the word. See, God will keep the covenant. That, that's, God cannot lie. God cannot change. My job is get the word and keep the word. Get the word, hold on to the word. Nobody can do that for me. The, the, the issue with faith for anything that you're believing for is that it's very personal. It's my faith. It's my faith. My faith will get the job done. Not your faith for me. My faith is what will get the job done. I can know someone that has great faith for healing, and they can help me. But at the end of the circumstance, it's what do I believe? See, what you believe will be evidenced by the actions that you take. You understand? For, for instance, someone can say that, that, that they believe in, uh, in uh, making righteous decisions and, and they, you know, they believe in every, every word that the, that the Bible says. And then uh, you know, during an election season, they'll go vote for people that are blatantly against the word of God. But they'll tell you that, that they believe in, in making righteous decisions. and Well, but what they did is evidence of what they believe. Hallelujah. Like, I, I, you know, there, there's, there's one man, I think he's a senator or a congressman or something, and he's a, he's a preacher. He's a, a Baptist minister. Nothing against the Baptists. It's just what he is. And, uh, uh, but, 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 you know, he's the biggest pro-choice advocate in the Senate. I'm a man of God. I believe every word that the Bible says, but a doctor's office is too small for the woman and the doctor and the government. Well, that's baloney. You don't believe everything that God said because, because God said if you cause the death of an unborn child that you're a murderer. It's what God said. I didn't say that. God said that. Right? He said, if you cause the death of an unborn child, God said, I will require the blood of that child at your hands. So what do you do with that? Now, my point in bringing that up is so he can say all he wants, that he believes everything God said, but you, what you do is evidence of what you believe. Glory to God. Does that make sense? See, that's the rubber meeting the road where the covenant is concerned. If I believe what God said, then I take God at his word. Now, I, I always have to preface this with this because we talk about hearing and doing. And, and there's always people that, that will 
take these things to an extreme. Well, you know, if I'm healed, then I don't need to take medicine. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. If you believe you're healed, you taking medicine is not going to change that. Well, if I'm healed, I don't need medicine. Is your faith there? See, I've got I've to be honest. Am I at my, a place of faith where I don't need to take medicine? Well, no, I don't think I am. Then keep taking your medicine and keep declaring that God's took sickness from your midst. Faith is not foolish or presumptive. Faith is full of the wisdom of God. Very often, it, it goes contrary to what the wisdom of man may be, but it is full of the wisdom of God. Glory to God. Amen. I have, bro, Brother Jim is sitting here on the, on the front row, and, uh, you know, his, uh, uh, his wife, his wife had a condition that we didn't know what it was. We were believing God, and, and the Lord was showing us some things. But he's sitting here right there in the emergency room. She left. She, 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 she stood up and in his arms just left the earth. Well, what did he do? Well, he said, no, 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 you come back to me in Jesus' name. And she came back. Well, that's wonderful, but the condition wasn't fixed. Right? Now, listen, once we found out the condition, and I say we because it was we. We were, we were walking through that together. Once we found out the condition, right, she didn't just say, I'm healed, I'm going home. I don't need your medicine, I don't need the... No, they went through the process. They had to insert a pick line into her body, and it dropped... I don't, if you want to know the condition, you can talk to him. But her heart had swelled up so big with fluid that it was compressing her lungs. She couldn't breathe right? It, it was that large. I, I think it was 70% bigger than it should have been. And they had to put a pick line in there that dripped medicine on her heart to shrink it. That's, that's the gist of it, right? Now, now listen, every time they went to do something with that pick line, they had to wash their hands. Am I right? Because the biggest problem with that pick line from people was that they would get uh, an infection because they wouldn't keep their hands clean. Now, here are two people that are standing on the Word of God. They come to a faith-building church. There are pastors on the phone with them every day coming up to the, the ICU. We're declaring the Word of God, and they're washing their hands. Why? Because that keeps the line clean. And the whole time they're putting that medicine in that pick line, Carrie's declaring, I, I am, I am absolutely, I am pump free. I will not have to be on this pump, pumping that medicine into my heart. I will not have to be in the name of Jesus. Am I right? You, are you following me? So they didn't just say, okay, I'm healed. My heart is fixed. Right? There were faith stands in there. The doctor said, I, I can give you a handicap placard if you want one. And Carrie said, no, I won't be needing that. Right? Now, now, whether you have one or not is not the issue. 
I'm saying that's, that's a stand of faith. I'm not going to be needing that. I, I'm, I'm however old I am, and I'm not going to be laying on the couch the rest of my life. Right? Well, it wasn't long she told the doctor I'll be pump free. He said, well, that's great, but you don't qualify for the, for the pill uh, por- uh, form of this medicine. She said, oh, there's a pill? Well, I will be pump free and I will be on that pill. They said no, but she's, she's on that pill today and pump free. How long has there been no pick line? Years. And watch her, her confession today. I will be pill free. But she takes the pill every day. Now think about this. Who healed her? God. Medicine can't heal. Doctors can't heal. Who can heal? So you believe what God said about him, regardless of what you got to put in your body. There are people sitting on the sound of my voice. You get up every day and you take supplements. You take vitamins. You eat right. Why do you do that? So you will be healthy. But you know the vitamins aren't healing you and the eating right's not keeping you healed. God is keeping you healed. You're just doing what you know to do to keep yourself healthy. Glory to God. Am I helping you with this? My job is to hear and do. Hear the word and keep the word. Whenever you hear somebody say things like, well, if you're doing X about medicine, you're not in faith, turn them off. Let me just help you. Turn them off. Don't listen to them. If they're talking to you face to face, just smile and God bless them and walk off because they don't know anything about faith. They don't have a lick of knowledge about faith. Because that people will tell you, well, you know, if you're in faith, you won't need this. That's, that's, that's a lie. That's just a lie. That's just how it is. I've, I've, watched, I've watched people lose their healing. I've watched people lose their life because they, they listen to somebody tell them that they weren't in faith because. If you want to know if you're in faith, go ask somebody that knows something about faith. Go ask somebody that has a knowledge of what faith really is. That's all free. Look at Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4. Because listen, there can be things that come up in your life and you're just not moving them. And you're doing everything you know to do. You're declaring the word. And listen, Brother Hagin was on his... On his uh, on his, well, basically his deathbed. And he had found Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24, where Jesus said, if you will believe, right? Believe in your heart. Say to the mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and it shall obey you, right? And he said, if you believe. And he told the Lord, he pointed that scripture, and he said, now, Lord Jesus, you said that if I would believe. And he said, now, Lord Jesus, He said, if you were standing here in this room and you told me that I don't believe, he said, respectfully, Lord, I'd have to tell you you're lying because I am believing. And, you know, then Brother Hagin said, and, you know, he didn't get mad at me. But here's what he did tell him. He said, you're right. You are believing as far as you know. Right? 
And then he pointed out where he was missing it. He was acting like I'm going to be healed when the Lord said, the Lord said, told him, he said, faith believes it's healed right now. He said, when you get over and you begin to rejoice and praise me that you're already healed, it'll begin to, to work for you. It took several months for him to renew his mind to what the word said. And once he renewed his mind to what the word says, he was out of that bed in a matter of minutes. But notice what he was doing, hearing and acting, hearing and acting. Mark chapter 4, verse 14, the sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. When they've heard, Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, one translation says Satan comes at once, here it is, to try to make them forget it. Now, I wanted to say that because the devil can't just come and take the word. This is so important. He needs our cooperation. He needs us to help him. Hallelujah. But notice he's telling us something. He's showing us the way he works and what he comes after. The word. And I don't have time to, to get into it, but all the way through the scripture, from the beginning of the Bible, we see, we see the enemy called, trying to cause people to question the word. If you won't question the word, there's nothing the devil can do about it. See, that's why you got to settle it. Well, the devil stole the word from me. Why'd you let him? Well, you know, the Bible says, uh, the Bible says that's what he comes to do. But what do you do with the other scriptures that says, I can resist him and he will flee from me. I can put up the shield of faith and it will quench every fiery dart of the wicked. Is, is that right? See, this is so important because of course he comes after the word where your healing is concerned. Well, if he'll come and say, well, if you were healed, why do you still feel this way? Recognize that and don't get into a verbal sparring match with him. He's far more wily than you will ever be. That, that, that is so important. Jesus didn't get into a sparring match with the devil. He answered the devil with what the word says. Right? Because the enemy will come and say, if you're, if you're healed, why do you still feel this way? I am too healed. I am healed. Yes, I am. Then why do you feel that way? You have no answer for that. Because what's the only answer you could give? Well, I feel like this because of the condition I have. Oh, I thought you were healed. Right? So faith is based on what God said. You, you see this? And so when the enemy comes and says, if you were healed, why do you still feel this way? And the only answer you have is it makes no difference how I feel. I'm still healed. I'm not healed because I feel like it. I'm healed because God said I am. Do you see that? And that way the enemy can't steal the word because that's what he's after. And, and he's after it for a reason. Hallelujah. 
The, 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 word, the hearer of the word has to be the keeper of the word. If I hear it, I got to keep it. Oh, hallelujah. And you do that in every area of your life. If you've got loved ones, kids, grandkids, others that you're believing God to save, and you might see them and they're not acting saved, well, what do you believe? They're saved. They are following the plan of God for their life. See, oh, Lord, help. Every time the enemy, you've got to learn this about the devil. Every time the enemy tries to attack your life, he is rolling the dice. See, he's gambling that you're going to give in to what he said. Right? But when you answer him and say, look, God's going to turn all this for my good. And when he does, I'm going to tell everybody I know about how bad you lost. Amen. Because, because right? Because it's... It, it's a gamble for him. It's not a gamble for you. For instance, when God brought the children of Israel out of bondage, here's how this is often preached, is that they just blindly went to the Red Sea. And they just, oh my goodness, here we are at the Red Sea. Read that entire account. God took them that way. He took them down that dry riverbed to the Red Sea. But what was happening the whole time that they were going? God was keeping Pharaoh away from them. The enemy, the devil, was after them, but God was between them. And then when they got to where they couldn't move, God put a pillar of fire between them and Pharaoh, and then he sent angels into Pharaoh's army and took the wheels off their chariots, Glory to God. See, it's a gamble. And the God you serve is not behind on any score. If he's telling you to believe a certain direction, you're going to come out of it better, and you're going to have the testimony that everything the enemy threw at you and everything he tried to do was not enough to stop the word of God. Glory to God. And then you got that. Every time the enemy comes, you say, hey, 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 you remember last time? It didn't end up well for you. It's going to end up that way this time. But you got to hear the word and keep the word. Yeah, but that, that last battle, it, it took some time. Yeah, but look at you. You're healed and well and, and do it. You overcame. Amen. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. I'll be done here in a few moments. This is so important. Proverbs 4 and 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. One translation says they are life to those who find them and healing for their entire body. Another says they are life to those who find them. They bring health to a man's body. Whew. 
One other one says, these words are the secret of life for those who find them. They bring health to the whole body. So notice what comes when we ingest the word, life and health. Life and health. Now, i got to believe that. That's what God said about his word. That's what God said about his word. You can look at something as a promise and yet not believe it like God said it. Hallelujah. I used the illustration of kids before. And, and uh, you know, you'll have people say, I want you to agree with me uh, that my children will be saved. Okay, praise God, let's agree. Because they're just living for the devil. They're just living in sin. I'm just so concerned. You know, I don't want them to die in their sin. They'll tune up and just start bawling. That tells me what they believe and what they've been ingesting. You see that? That's so important. Because a scripture that we quote very often, especially in our circles, where Jesus said, out of the abundance of, in your heart, your mouth speaks. What is there in abundance comes out. See, I believe this verse. I believe this scripture in the book of Isaiah that says, He wakens me morning by morning. He's given me the tongue of the learned. The spirit of wisdom and understanding and of counsel and might does abide upon him. God wakes me up every morning. He's given me the tongue of the learned. The spirit of wisdom and understanding and power and might does rest upon me. That's what I declare about me all the time. You will never find me saying, I don't know. I don't understand. I can't figure out. Now listen, that's not because that's negative. It's because I don't believe that. I believe the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding rests on me. Do, do, do you see that? I don't, I don't believe that I will not know or I will not understand or that I can't figure something out because the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and power and might rests on me. And there are people who say, well, that was written about Jesus. Right, it was written about Jesus, and you are in Christ. See, this is so important, because you'll hear people all the time, just with their head in their hands, oh, I just can't figure it out. I just don't know. I don't understand. I can't, oh, my goodness. It's just, I, I can't. And so when something comes up, they don't know. See, what you're ingesting consistently. So should we focus on something that brings life and health? Should that be our focus? Should be our focus. I say that should be our focus. One translation says, they are the key to life for those that find them, and they bring health to the whole body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They are, notice, they are the key to life. But here it is, to those who find them. 
I got to find them. I'm saying all this about you finding it because the covenant is never in question on God's end. He said, my covenant, Psalm 89, my covenant I will not break and I will not alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. He said, I won't do it. Well, he won't because he can't. So, if I will do what the God who cannot lie said to do, I'll have the results the God that cannot lie said I would have. It's pretty simple. John 6, 63, this will be our last verse. Jesus said so much about this in John 6. But this is a, a verse that, again, it's something that, that people will quote, but it's so important. John 6, 63, it is the Spirit that quickeneth. Well, that word quickeneth, everywhere it's mentioned, it brings to life. You know, when, uh, when uh, just as a normal course of events, you know, the, if you, you, your fingernail, you know, you can trim it and there's no feeling in it until you get it into the quick. Then, boy, you realize, whoo, there's life there. There's some nerves there, right? The spirit quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. Is that what it said? The words I speak are spirit and life. Hmm. One translation says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit. They cause you to live. Another says, the things I have told you are from the spirit, so they give life. The Good News translation says, the words I have spoken to you bring God's life-giving spirit. So the words... That God speaks are full of the spirit life of God. Disease is full of the natural death of the enemy. The spirit life of God will overcome it. So to consistently partake of the word is to consistently partake of the life of God. That's why Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. The life of God is in the word of God. The life of God, eternal life, is in the word of God. And so as I'm ingesting the word, I'm ingesting the life of God. And that's why when you speak the word over your body, I've got to move from that, well, this is, this is a positive confession. I'm, speak, I'm speaking, that word is transferred into my spirit, into my body. 
by those words that I'm declaring, that I'm speaking. And, and, it, and, it, and, and it has the ability to change every aspect of your life. The Bible says the word renews your mind. See, that's why you don't say certain things. It's why, do you, why you don't talk and joke about things like people do. You know, I don't sit around and listen to old people jokes. Right? Right? You, you understand what I mean? But you, you'll, you'll, you'll see people... You know, they'll, they'll, they'll forget something. They'll go, well, what do you expect? You know, I'm 60, and uh, first thing that goes is your memory. Okay. When you can't find your way home, we'll make sure and get you there. And people say, oh, pastor, that's mean. No, 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 no. That's not mean. I'm helping. I'll help you. When your words get you to the place that you don't know where you're at, I'll help you get home. Or I could be ingesting the word that says I have clearness of mind. Let, let me show you something. You got a moment? If, if you don't, you can go home. You, you know how to get there. Ah. Uh, Deuteronomy 28. And verse 28, this is talking about the curse, disobedience to God. And you can, can read this in the context of the Lord will allow this. The Lord will allow you to be smitten with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And you will grope at noonday as the blind gropes in darkness and you'll not prosper in your ways, and you'll be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man will save you. That madness, blindness, astonishment of heart, that's mental problems. That's Alzheimer's. That's dementia. You understand? And, and he said that we're free from that. So why, why would we ever joke about that? See, that the, the life of God is in my mind. I'm quick and sharp and fast and a major blessing. My mental faculties work at their highest capacity. Amen. My memory's good. Glory to God. You, you understand? You got, you've got, and you're saying that just not as a positive confession, that's attracting the life of God. Let, 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 let me read you a verse here in uh, Genesis uh, 25, verse 8. Let me see if we have the same kind of Bible. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died, not knowing who he was or where he was at, Unable to remember anything. Is that what your Bible says? What's that? It doesn't say that? No, it says Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age. An old man 
full of years and was gathered to his people. A good old age. In other words, as old as he was, it was good. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? It's not good when you're confused. It's not good when you can't think right. That's important. I said that's important. And, and people do themselves damage when they, they look on, on the, the political scene and they look at our president and they make fun of his gaffes and they make fun of his mental failings. You, you do yourself damage when you do that. You wouldn't talk about your grandmother that way. You wouldn't talk about your brother or your sister that way if they were facing mental problems. You'd want compassion. You would keep them hidden. You'd keep them protected. Am I helping you? See, what you want in your life, you want for other people. Because what you help come to pass in somebody else's life comes to pass in your life. It's so important. It's not funny. It's not funny not to be able to remember. It's not a joke. It's not, it's not humorous to talk about how old you are. Well, you know, once you get to be my age, yeah, once you get to be your age, you're in a good old age. Full of years. Glory be to God. Isn't that something? Once you get up to that age, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, they're supposed to be sitting around your chair learning from you. They're supposed to be sitting in church hearing you preach and teach the Word of God. Amen. You're supposed to be walking those kids around the park, telling them what God's done, and look, and look how great, and look how God's kept Papa, and look how God's kept Mimi. Amen. Glory to God. Why? Because you're healed. Because you're well, you're whole, you're vibrant, you're full of the life of God. Amen. Let me finish with this. Old age does not mean falling apart. It means more honor, more respect, more wisdom, and more knowledge. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that great? Praise Father, thank you today. Thank you for every person here. Thank you for every person watching online. Father, we thank you for the healing power of God flowing through their bodies. We thank you for the healing power of God manifesting in them now, effecting a cure in every area of their life. Father, we're so grateful and we're so thankful. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, till we see you next time, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith. In the name of Jesus, God bless you.